going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Core Consults RX podcast. And uh, we have a, a pretty cool replacement for AJ today. We do. My little brother, Bobby Corvino. It's another Corvino. In the studio. Howdy, today. howdy, everybody. So Bob's helping us out, switching some cameras. So we're back to uh, cool camera angles More now. More than just one. Instead of just having one, because we're inevitably going to get a comment about that in the YouTube <laughs> section. Saying, well, you guys should really think about getting more. The you guys should really upgrade your camera. Game. Yeah. I was like, hey, we already did. We just lost our AJ. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, we, this is not an accredited episode, which I feel yeah. like we've been doing a lot of those lately. But We have. This is, uh, this is one of our probably shorter episodes. Be a little shorter. Um, Cole's very it. excited about tonight's well, topic. Well, I mean, anytime we can talk about poop. <laughs> You're going to hear it here first. <laughs> Maybe not first, but so uh, we've talked about C. diff infections multiple times. I'd probably uh, ever since every time the guidelines have changed, we've we've done a review episode. And, yep. Um, this is uh, a new potential treat, not a treatment option, but a, a preventative uh, option to for recurrent infections. Recurrent. Yeah. Yes. So um, just approved. Just approved uh, about uh, six days ago. So yeah, so we're gonna at least the time is recording. Don't, who At knows the time who, of the recording? Who knows when we're going to release That's this? That's a good question. So, uh, yeah, we're going to kind of go through this, and we'll tell you what we know so far about it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of summarize the, the, the drug itself. It's an interesting one. Um, so the, the branded name for this is Voust, V-O-W-S-T. Um, what it is is fecal microbiota spores. Um, we've talked about fecal treatments and I, I mean treatments with fecal matter before mm-hmm. um with uh, our poop shakes episode for know. for c diff by the way for c diff for those of you who are like why would they talk about or this just for taste <laughs> yeah for for flavor enhancement um <laughs> we, we talked about the 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 poop shakes the fecal transplants um so many years ago mm-hmm. that was a long time ago um turns out that there was actually a um that i don't know that we really referenced on the podcast before but there was a um kind of fecal microbiota enema um, under the brand name of Raybiota that was approved last year. Um, still, to me, relatively unpleasant. It's kind of the opposite of what should happen. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but Voiced is a capsule form of a fecal microbiota. Um, specifically, it's Firmicute spores. Um, uh, a lot of Firmicute spore colonating forming units that are in a capsule. Um, I didn't really know what Firmicute was. I kind of looked into it a bit. Basically, it's an important bacteria that lives in the human gut. Um, serves multiple functions. One way that they think it promotes um, a healthy colon is by producing an important substance called butyrate, and that helps support the colon. So that's basically what it is, uh, but it turns out they were able to study it and realize that it can help prevent C. diff infection, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think it, that's the I believe it has a other microbes as well, right? That they also introduced to it, or is it just that one? Because I, I I do remember seeing. Um, uh, it could be what I'm what I'm seeing here is one times ten to the sixth. Yeah. To three times ten to the seventh firmicute spore colonating forming units per capsule. So there might be other stuff. I'm not yeah, totally so sure. I think Medscape's uh, review of it has that for the mechanism. They say that it's the um, they they mention that as well and the. the the quantity that's in there, but they also say it also uh, has a um, broad um, consortium of diverse microbes to the gut to reduce recurrent infections. Gotcha. So, yeah, so that's what they attribute to its mechanism is the yeah. firmicute. Yeah. I see. 
So this is not a treatment, like we said. This is uh, indicated for the preventative um, reoccurrence uh, in patients who have, you know, potentially life-threatening C. diff. Um, and, and so if it's a recurrent uh, C. diff infection, you still are going to treat with antibiotics. This is not something that's taking the place of antibiotics or acts in a treatment or anything like that because, obviously, we still need antibiotics to kill off the the bacteria that's producing the toxins in the colon. And so after the antibiotics are completed, then this would be done as a preventative. So the infection does not occur, reoccur again. Um, So this is usually for patients who have have had multiple episodes of C. diff. In the studies, um, which there were a couple that are notable, one is the um, Ecospore 3 and the Ecospore 4 studies. Um, but I believe is the Ecospore 4, um, they had to have had, and they might have been also the same for the 3, but they had to have had three instances of C. diff in a 12-month period. And then after that third one was treated is when they used voiced. So after the third one was treated, okay. So And that that was all the patients in there, or was that the average? That was all the patients. All the patients. That, that so was part of their baseline criteria. Did it say uh, did, that you saw how many patients actually, like like what was the mat, like the range as far as how many recurrences episodes some patients had? Um, no, they didn't say. They did say that after they treated um, the um, treatment group uh, of the, so there was 89 in the treatment group, 93 in the placebo group, of the treatment group, um, 11, uh, well, how was this put? Um, 11 had a recurrence versus 37 in the placebo group that had a recurrence. Gotcha. And that was how they, they were, had, yeah, that's how they were. And, and so it's after eight weeks after eight weeks. Okay. So like we said, we still need antibiotics to treat the infection itself. And then the patient's supposed to wait two to four days before initiating this treatment after they've completed their antibiotic treatment. So basically you want to, the antibiotic to kind of basically be out of your system because this is a, a you know, putting that um, gut bacterium in, into the, in, back into your gut. And so that if the patient is taking antibiotics or the antibiotics are still present, you can still obviously kill off that bacteria as well. And that's what we're trying to avoid in this case. It's going to be a waste of a lot of money. Yes, yes. And st- money. So this is two to four days after the um, patient's finished antibiotics, they start this. And now, unfortunately, it's not as simple as you just take this medication because it is, I don't know if we mentioned it, it is oral. So it's the one dose is basically four capsules yeah. and you have to do it for three days. Yeah. However, you have to, you have to prep yourself, you do. so to speak. And we all know what prep means yes. for, in terms of the gut. Yeah. Think of it as uh, prepping for a colonoscopy type situation. Yes. So patients who have normal renal function, uh, they gave them basically a 10-ounce bottle of magnesium citrate on um, the the day before um, they took their first dose. And at least eight hours before their first dose was like the minimum, but usually about a day. Um, so the magnesium citrate obviously is going to induce uh, a bowel cleanse, if you will, and uh, it should, should flush everything out of your system and, um, you know, allow the patient to kind of have all the their their colon and whatnot cleared out so that when they take this that hopefully the bacteria can thrive and i'm sure the purpose of course of this medicine is to prevent another occurrence of c diff which can be life-threatening so it's dangerous but as far as if diarrhea is your primary concern then you've now had three courses of c diff which is lots of diarrhea Mm -hmm. then you have all these 
antibiotics, which probably causes diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to wait two to four more days, and we're going to take max citrate or polyphenol or the or the um, yeah polyphenol. Think, think of it as one last hurrah <laughs> before no more diarrhea. <laughs> And uh, the other mm. thing is, obviously, with patients with renal disease. One so, last hurrah for a, um, <laughs> let's see, for a um, 88% chance of no more diarrhea. There you go. Okay. So po- possibly a last hurrah, maybe 12% chance you're going <laughs> to have one more hurrah. No, but uh, if a patient has renal disease, then we don't want to give them magnesium citrate because obviously too much magnesium in a patient with kidney disease can be an issue. So um, in this study, anyway, they used uh, 250 mLs of polyethylene glycol electrolyte solution. So like the Go Lightly was the one that they utilized, which is not technically approved for patients that have in, impaired renal function. But uh, in the clinical studies for this, that's what they went with so that they wouldn't give them magnesium. Right. Um, and then as far as instructions after they do, they do the bowel prep, then um, they're not supposed to eat or drink except for a small amount of water uh, for at least eight hours before the first dose. Yep. So definitely uh, some instructions that need to be make sure that, you know, passed along to the patient is, it, but this is something that's probably not going to be do, done by you know, primary care or some kind of a routine situation. This is right. going to be in very specialized situations where GI is most likely involved and they've gone through all this with the patient. They do have some, um, patient education or a patient education to hand out on the manufacturer website. So after doing all that, they would take the capsules on an empty stomach prior to the first meal of the day. Um, and then do that for, for two more days in a row. Don't crush or chew them. I wonder if it would smell. My <laughs> it's main it's question. My main question was because with the fecal transplants, they get them from a donor, right? A uh, a screened donor. Which, uh, what would the screening entail? Like, you know, how like are you regular? You know, I, I imagine or it's, like it's more have so you had like, antibiotic therapy? Yeah, I've ever. Had, I would think it's more like, do you have any sort of. GI issue or, yeah. or food like insecurity or, or sensitivity or allergy yeah. or something like that. That because that's one of the things that they actually warn about with this is they don't really know how it could potentially impact people that have food or allergy like food allergies or food sensitivities to where if the patient or the the donor rather yeah had something like that going on they don't know what potentially could have been you know right. some kind of food allergy could have been introduced that that could flare up an allergy. So that's like one of the the big like warnings concerns if you will i can't say that i um have significant issues but i definitely wouldn't want to curse anybody with with uh with my bowel that's for sure (laughs) that's good to know now that's for the fecal transplant so like i said i don't know where they get this whether they um i really i have no idea where they get this from i really tried to find he really did he spent the last 15 minutes googling i did that, that was the extent, <laughs> and I couldn't find it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's a similar process, or you know, or if they're able to culture something. I really, I really have no idea. I, I so. believe it is from donors. Yeah, okay. I just don't know where they procure said donors. I know if anybody. I mean, it's it's one of those things where if they were going to bother you for months. Well, if they were asking for donors, like I really just wouldn't even feel comfortable. I'd be like, you know what, I I can't do this for not because it would it, like it would make it, I wouldn't feel comfortable giving somebody my my bowels and then they're like well we'll give you a thousand dollars and you'd go where do i send it well i mean i would feel bad for the person that i'm giving them to you know yeah well, they're gonna anytime they get anxious oh, I don't, you know what i'm saying yeah, i'm I don't cursing know. them i don't know if your like body's interpretation of like serotonin and things like that necessarily ah, get transferred yeah. i think it's more so 
if you have like some kind of uh, infectious <laughs> infectious thing going on where you don't want to transmit that. But maybe it's it's a theory. Yeah, it's possible. So um, it's fairly well tolerated. They do have um, some side effects listed: abdominal distension. And they have at a high percentage of thirty one percent. But in the studies, the placebo group had a very high percentage of abdominal distension as well. So I don't know, probably related the, to the, the fact the that the stress of yeah, C. being on all the antibiotics and, and antibiotics and everything. Um, I think the placebo group was twenty nine percent. So, um, jeez, so, that's way higher than yeah, I thought. So it's probably related to the the condition. Um, also, fatigue at twenty two percent, some constipation at fourteen percent, chills, interestingly, and then uh, diarrhea, which yeah 10 percent. so in which i mean as, as side effects go yeah i feel like that's a pretty no pretty it's not reason. bad you can it's not bad it, and most of it i don't know two and to it's four only days after day. yeah, two to four days after having c diff i'm attributing a lot of that to the fact that yeah c diff that's and all true. these other things they've been doing so. and it's only three days and then it's over so it's not yeah. like something they have to take continuously like prophylactically going forward so right. you know one of those things um interactions uh if you pull up the drug drug interactions is that we know of Currently, it's basically just A through Z of any antibiotic that we have. <laughs> it's all antibiotics. When I started looking at it, I said, oh, what the heck? And it just literally is just every antibiotic that we have in the U.S. So as far as drug-drug interactions, it's basically the one you to avoid any kind of antimicrobial because obviously that can inhibit the efficacy of this pilks we're introducing bacteria. So we don't want to kill off those bacteria before they get introduced to the gut. So they basically are just saying across the board, an antibiotic is going to be potentially an interaction. I'm sure uh, there there may be others, like maybe with certain things like fiber or something like that, but they haven't listed those as of yet. So we'll see if, if as the, it hits the market and see if that changes. Um, I think it's important to note that um, as far as how to store it, it can be refrigerated. And I thought, you know, I'm thinking like probiotics and stuff and how some of those are refrigerated. It doesn't have to be. These capsules can stay at room temperature as well. You're not supposed to freeze them, apparently. Don't stick them in the freezer. Yeah, and they uh, they actually have, uh, the manufacturer put out, a you know, the, the caution that it may carry the risk of transmitting infectious agents. And they say that if there's any... Um, suspected infection transmitted by this product that they they give a number that providers can reach out to and and report those so they're doing post-marketing surveillance to make sure that uh that that concern is not something that we need to be more concerned about so they uh for those of you who are interested the number is one eight three three one eight three three two four six two five six six so for those of you who ever uh, are dealing with this medicine when you need a call there you go interesting so in case you didn't want to google it so um i answered my question would you answer by looking at the package insert like you're supposed to which one about where it comes from. oh so did, is it in this. there so what Vaust is is a bacterial spore suspension mm-hmm. in the capsule so it is technically a liquid that you're taking but you're just taking it in capsule mm-hmm. form um it's manufactured from human fecal matter sourced from qualified donors qualified qualified good um the donations are routinely tested for a panel of transmissible pathogens. Mm. Donors do not have dietary restrictions with respect to potential food allergens, and the spore suspension is generated by treating fecal matter with ethanol to kill mm. organisms that are not spores, followed by filtration steps to remove solids <laughs> and residual ethanol. <laughs> <laughs> residual ethanol. That is what you're taking. Um so you're getting just the purified spores. Yes, and so what? And so each capsule contains this amount of firmicute spore colony forming colony forming units, 
in a 92-ish um, weight-per-weight glycerol and saline solution. Hmm. Interesting. interesting. Yes. <laughs> I think that's very, very interesting. So if you're uh, looking to be a donor, um, maybe did they have a contact us uh, section of their website? <laughs> not that Don't I contact us. We're not going to be able to. Turns out you. it's just the investigators. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, They're just like, well, we're not going to. We're trying to you know, do this on a budget, so we're going to have to donate our own fecal once, matter. Um, <laughs> once demand increases. then <laughs> Yeah, then it'll obviously. We're going to outsource that well, at that point. Or you know, they're just going to try to do it themselves. Yeah, <laughs> just keep on. Keep up with demand. Keep on going. But uh, yeah, so as far as... Uh, Concerns during pregnancy or lactation. Um, there's not really any data, obviously, in, in pregnant females um, with it being such a new drug. And um, they haven't done even animal studies looking at, you know, toxicity or anything like that uh, in this situation. So pregnancy and lactation, we don't have any information. So obviously use caution there. Um, we already talked about kind of the real brief uh, mechanism as far as the what it is yeah as far as other special populations um of the 349 adults who received it in the two studies about 52 percent were 65 years of age and over which seems like a large amount that mm-hmm. were 65 years of, um, and older 28 percent were over 75 um so we, we don't really know if it's going to act differently in older adults or younger adults but it seems like a fair amount of the patient population was were older adults yeah, and and they did include patients. Not, I mean, not that this matters necessarily, but in case you're wondering, um, they did include patients who uh, had various comorbidities. So they had 33% of the patients in the treatment arm, 31% in the uh, placebo arm had cardiac disease. Um, they also had almost 30% in both arms of uh, immunocompromised or immunosuppression um, as a comorbidity. Uh, about one-fourth of the patients had diabetes, uh, and then about 14-15% of patients had renal impairment. And um, in this, one of the studies they did, they had uh, female representation of 68.4% of the patients included. So it's, uh, it's different than we see in a lot of studies. Usually a lot of studies are... Uh, and they include a, a bunch of uh, white males that they <laughs> that they recruit for these studies, and then all the other patient populations are kind of lacking. So mm-hmm. that's good. And um, Cole already went through the adverse effects, and that comes directly from from the studies. Yeah. So, so definitely uh, an interesting uh, option now because they also have like that monoclonal antibody for recurrent C D. Yep. That's yep. the that's the thing that I'm wondering about is if patients and i'm sure i don't know that they're going to do this because of the cost it would do or take to to fund something like this but i'd be curious to see if they use that monoclonal antibody in the past or even in the recent past and then still had recurrent case if this would still be an effective option in those patients right i didn't see anything where they were looking at that but i did not either um it's probably hard to recruit for i mean there's only 90 patients 90 in one arm and 92 in the other and uh the one of the first study they did they did so not big patient uh numbers obviously so i mentioned the eight weeks um which that was the ecospore three trial that i was talking about earlier but eight weeks post it was 88 percent um were recurrence free versus 60 percent in placebo but they did look at six months post treatment 79 percent in the treatment group were recurrence free with 53 percent in the placebo group were recurrence free yep so I don't know, increasing your odds by 20-ish, 20 to 30%. 
Yeah. Now, did you mention the price? We mentioned it was expensive. Not, not yet. You know, I will say too, real quick, that the uh, the patients in the study uh, or a couple of the couple of studies they looked at were were treated with vancomycin or fidoxamycin. So the they're up they're using up to date treatment options as well, so that you don't see the metronidazole, um, you know, being used for treatment, and then which would make sense that obviously if that has a recurrent. Uh, episode and that would be more so attributed to the antibiotic use so i think i think that's good that they mentioned that so it was treated properly and then from there um given this or placebo yeah so how much is something i mean there's four capsules for three days just how how much is 12 capsules that's got to be a dollar a capsule maybe just some poop i mean if i was gonna you know go go poop in a cup i'd probably do it for like 40 bucks (laughs) that Especially well, if I could do it from home. That's that's a lower dollar amount than I was anticipating. From Min- you. I'm minimum. not gonna lie. I said I would a thousand. Ta- I would take more, but minimum. You, you would take more. I, well, after forty bucks, man. Jeez. So I would do more. <laughs> I, I would require a, a higher salary for that. But uh, yeah. So this this is going to be the one treatment of this. And so the three D treatment is in, going to be an estimated twenty thousand dollars. Is what they're reporting. And that's like on the highlight, uh, you know, like the news article that got released on Medscape about yeah. this. So it's not even like they're, you know, do you have any of the nitty gritty details about this? They've been kind of open <laughs> that the price is going to be potentially pretty hefty. It's pretty hefty. It's for a single course. Um, $20,000. I was wondering how much the um, the Ray Biota, the Enema was. Enema is about 10000 Whew. So they're like, hey, pay twice as much and you'd. And you don't have to use an enema. Don't have to use an enema. I like that they're already anticipating that the peak sales um, are going to hit $750 million in the U.S. by the year 2033. Is that their estimate? That's their estimate. So they're they're, lot, they're on it. It's a lot of poop. It's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of money. I guess you can afford to pay people more than 40 bucks too. <laughs> I suppose. Um, I don't know. I imagine it's the process of, of breaking it, of turning it into what it needs to be turned into, but... The way they described it didn't sound super complicated. Um, of course, no one's ever going to actually have to pay that. It would be whether or not an insurance is going to pay it. The Raybiota Enema has some um, some like copay card type assistance. Um, at the moment, Vaust on their website has nothing. Like it's it's the package insert, it's the patient handout, and they have nothing else on there. Um, so they might come out with something. It was just approved. But. They just gotta update their. They're just waiting to update their yeah. their, their website. Yeah, usually they're, they're using Wix. Usually it's like three to four months after something's approved to where it's actually commercially available. So it yeah. probably is not commercially available at the moment. And the company that kind of was responsible for bringing this to market, I didn't realize until we were talking before we started recording that they had actually gotten into a, a deal with Nestle's health science department yeah. unit and back in 2021 to, so they jointly are commercializing this in the united states which um nestle i was like nestle do they do drugs they have purchased and are, do maintain um a few medications mostly related to gut health it's kind of mm. like their deal but the first thing i thought was i thought nestle. it was chocolate don't they do chocolate yeah and i'm like and doing, water they, poop capsules yeah they charge a lot for water charge a lot for water they really they really they're really diversifying their, their interests but uh, yeah, so Nestle. Who'd have thought? But uh, yeah, that, it doesn't surprise me then when I saw that price after I saw it was Nestle as well. Yeah, like, eh. which there's apparently questions as to whether Nestle is going to continue with partnering. Partnering, yeah. Um, but as far as I can tell, I think that's the the, the drug company is Ceres mm-hmm. Therapeutics. 
Um, I think this is all they've got. I don't know that they have anything, any other medications. I could be totally wrong, but I, I, I think this is like their, they're their kind of a newer things. group, and I think this is like one of their first things. Hmm. Well, I guess that gives them a pass on their website. Yeah, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm, I'm glad there's something else on the market at least, but sure. uh, definitely uh, not the, the cheapest option necessarily. No, no. I, I, I would, um, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see if this makes it onto some formularies. Yeah. You know? Yep, yep. And and I will say, uh, for those of you who are interested, just for to put this out there, if, if you want to check out a, uh investigational um novel oral antibiotic that has greater selectivity than vancomycin, metronidazole, and phenoxamycin um, is be, is in the works right now that they're um, evaluating. I think it's only only in uh, phase two clinical trials right now, but um, they're, the molecule right now is being called CRS3123, and uh, it's, it's potentially going to be a very narrow spectrum antibiotic um, that is going to have minimal effect on normal gut bacteria is the the thought process. Interesting. So we'll, uh, we'll see. It'll be a while before something like that comes out, but it's basically uh, designed to inhibit the, the damaging toxins that are produced by C. diff. And then, you know, the thought is it can give more rapid symptom resolution. And, uh, you know, there's, it's one of those things that because it's a novel mechanism, there's no resistance or anything like that we have to worry about. So that's right. kind of nice. That is nice. But uh, still a ways away. And uh, to those of you who are interested, then make sure you check that out. Um, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting um, with, like, that news presentation that came out about the the pills, the, the micro pills, was the... Um, the the annual number of cases for C. diff mm-hmm. is uh, estimated to be uh, half a million infections annually in the mm-hmm. United States. That's definitely higher than I would have thought. That's a whole lot of C. diff. Yeah. So that's uh, I, I, there's definitely need for treatments like this. So it's good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so make sure you check this out and then, uh, you know, check out the, if you're interested in stuff that's going to be coming out in the future, um, or hopefully going to, if it gets through phase three trials and, uh, check out that antibiotic as well. Apparently um, this, this company series is also developing a novel class of multifunctional fermented bacterial consortia designed to functionally interact with host cells and tissues to treat hmm. disease. Just in general? It's pretty broad. You have heart disease? Here, take this. <laughs> take this bacteria pill. Perfect. Perfect. So we'll, we'll see what they come out with. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. <laughs> now that's good stuff. Um, anything else with uh, that you saw with this or we need to touch on? That's all I got so short far. And, they really have limited, other than the package insert, there's there's not a whole lot else. And, and the couple studies, not a whole lot else out there. So cool. we'll, see, we'll see what happens with it. Good stuff. Well, guys, um, I think, Bob, anything else you need to add? Uh, I think you guys covered all the bases, but <laughs> <laughs> good deal. Good deal. We'll leave you for the uh, expert opinion. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're turning it over to Bob now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So thank you guys so much um, for listening. I, I know it was a, definitely a shorter episode than we normally do, but uh, not, not as much to cover on this one. And, um, but if you have any questions or comments or anything, definitely reach out to us on any of the social media platforms. Um, you can also reach us in the emails that are in the show notes. Uh, and there's a, a number that you can text us directly as well that, that'll be available in the show notes. Um, for those of you who like more structured learning and like lecture style, uh, you know, presentations and whatnot, um, check out the Patreon because we have uh, all of the various pharmacotherapy lectures that I do for um, a lot of it's from the directly from the, the information I teach my 
my PA students, um, put into short bite size, uh, usually between 20 to maybe 40 or 50 minutes on the higher end, but, um, definitely, uh, a, a more structured way of kind of going through some of these disease states and plus there's slides and everything like that. So patreon.com slash core consult RX, um, check it out. It's like $3 a month and you get access to everything. So worst case scenario, you can sign up for three months, download everything, and then cancel it and just steal all my information that quickly so there you go if, if, if you need to go for it so uh definitely check that out and thank you guys so much for everyone who has subscribed already that's definitely helped us out a lot and uh appreciate you listening as always and we'll see you guys in the next episode have a good night <laughs>